Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Career Crossroads podcast uh, and our special segment that we call Expertise. I'm Chris Hoyt, president of CXR, and today we're going to grab 10 minutes with Heidi Height, who is the senior recruitment marketing program manager at Sleep Number Corporation. Uh, and we're going to talk about the tactical elements of programmatic advertising. Now, these segments that we do uh, are typically delivered in a sort of snackable format. So if you're just sipping your morning coffee uh, or knocking out a mile on the treadmill, uh, you'll get to hear us discuss any number of issues before you even finish. Uh, and those are going to fall within areas that talent leaders have actually, from hundreds of companies, uh, have said need attention. So these could be anything from ethics uh, in recruiting to DEI topics uh, to employee wellness or even employee retention. So if you're interested in weighing in uh, on what you think uh, the 2021 recruiting leaders should focus on, uh, you can take part in our new 2021 priorities benchmark. It's open to everybody uh, and it's found within the research and reports section uh, at www.cxr.works. Now, if you're attending live today, you're going to get to participate uh, via the chat feature of our broadcast. And you should feel free to ask our guest, Heidi, a question or two, uh, and we'll do our best to get to them. Now, if we don't have time or you think of something later you'd like to ask, uh, you can always join, uh, join us in our open and free exchange that's found at www.cxr.works talent talks. So with all of that, Heidi, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Good. And you? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's still snowing where you are. Um, it recently, but not right now. Thank goodness. In Minneapolis, you you can't hate Minneapolis except for the snow. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so look, uh, Heidi, to level set, what what is sort of your area of responsibility uh, at Sleep Number, and and tell us how uh, programmatic advertising sort of falls within that, please. Yeah. So um, I. I'm supporting the recruitment marketing space, which essentially is advertising for jobs, to put it simply. But it really is larger than that, right? So we're really focused on creating the value streams and understanding why candidates would choose us, why they would come to sleep number, why they would stay. A large portion of my time is really put into programmatic advertising as it is essentially one of the main tools that we utilize to really open up the top of the funnel from a brand awareness standpoint, all the way down through driving applications to our open jobs. So as the world is changing and as jobs are really um, being circulated through different digital online places, we wanna make sure that we're showing up effectively, but yet still supporting our missions and how we're driving equality and individualization and other types of factors within our spaces. So my world is art and science. I am looking at data. I'm looking at app to hire ratios. I'm looking at our different segments of work where they're regionally located. And then I'm also looking at um, just where we need to be showing up from a voice and a value and how we really mesh those two together in that art and science fashion. I love that. But if I'm in, in layman terms, like if I've yeah. ever heard of programmatic advertising, like yeah. what? Is what is it? it? <laughs> what specifically does programmatic advertising do for, for job, job listings? So it's essentially a system that allows jobs to come in and be allocated to the right job boards at the right time using data as a baseline to set up the system and then using analytics based on candidate behavior to determine if that job board was the right investment. 
And if and when it's not, it switches automatically based on the data from the candidate behaviors. So it really is that setup process of how we how we determine what segments we're going after, what data pieces that we want to. So app to higher ratio is one that we really lean into because that is more of a, a factor that is a stable um, element that we can put into the system, but then we're looking and, and adhering to candidate behaviors and where success is coming based on the positions and based on regional locations. And so it's an, again, that art and science balance, but it's something that I'm looking at on a weekly basis, sometimes even daily to ensure that our jobs are getting what they need and that uh, we're pulling and opening up different segments. So if, if we've gone too narrow, as I think about our application to higher ratio for a particular job, mm -hmm. we'll play with that mid campaign to ensure that we're getting the results that we're looking for. So, so I imagine you sort of behind the scenes pulling levers over here and, and I'm a puppeteer. Here and is yes. it, yeah, is it a lot of that or is, is some of that, yeah. some of that get to be automated for you? Um, I do work with an external advertising agency. And so there's an analyst specifically on our account that is working to determine and, and pulling those levers. Now I am the face of the business. So I'm in taking where we're at from a business standpoint. Our recruiters are telling me on a daily basis, I'm not getting enough apps. They're not the right apps. Here's where I'm, here's where I'm trending here, are what my needs are. And then I am prioritizing those from a company-wide perspective. And then I'm ensuring that our analyst is given this information and that I'm able to analyze after the fact, um, sometimes even in real time, right, of, of where we're trending and what things we need to open up and what things we maybe need to close, what priorities change, and that's midstream. So complete puppeteer. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so let me give you, like, give you a scenario so you can break yeah. it down. So let's say we've got a role that's open uh -huh. and we know historically we need... 10 applications to get one higher out of it. Yes. Very generic. Uh -huh. uh, what behavior, and, and we go in and the job, because you're looking at this at the job level. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just not getting, there's no, there's no juice from the squeeze, right? Yep. The way that it's set up now. So what behaviors, what candidate behaviors might you be looking for uh, and to make those adjustments to get me my 10 to one ratio to fill this role? Uh oh, <laughs> the internet, internet gods are not, not with us this morning, maybe. Give her a second. This is the part where I typically put on my top hat and a little cane and I do a little da 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 da. All right. So what we can look at, we'll see what's going on in chats. Uh, somebody says, sound like she's managing at a job level. Uh, how do we effectively manage dead links when a job posting comes down? Whoops. And our guest is gone. <laughs> That's the fun of doing live, folks. Uh, we'll see if she jumps back in uh, or whatever software. I'm actually not sure uh, the vendor, uh, the third party vendor that she's actually using to manage those at sleep number. So it would be good. Jerry may know. Let's see. Jerry. No. Sorry about Where's that. I'm back. There you are. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I was, so I was going to try to answer one of your questions for you. Uh, <gasps> vendor agnostic. Cause I, I wasn't sure which vendor you were using, but so where, where did I lose you? Which part of my question? Um, you had asked about the singular position and how I'd go about looking at data and what analytics I would utilize to, to really start the process. The first thing I would tell you guys is programmatic is not a short-term solution. 
And so if you're looking for tomorrow's hire, you need to think about it more strategically and long-term. So programmatic gets smarter as it, jobs are continually filtered into the system. And so in my opinion, it's no less than a six month strategy. And so as I would think about like a one position in particular, I would really look at the app to hire ratio to start the process. And then I would increase that if I was starting for the first time within a programmatic solution. So if, if, if nine to one is your app to hire, I would do 12 to one. I would increase that to ensure that the system has enough to learn because once it hits its application ratio, it sometimes then turns attention to other jobs. And so I'd want to make sure that I'm over indexing as we start the process. So as you think about programmatic, you might be, um, you might be investing more so in the beginning and then optimizing and fine tuning that as you go from a longevity standpoint. Interesting. So if you don't, we, we actually have a question come in. If, where do you start if you don't initially have your app to hire data? Is it, are you throwing a dart at the wall and just watching traffic or is something a little more scientific than that? Holy cats. If you do not have your hands on this data, what I would recommend is really analyzing your business. Programmatic historically does really well for like profiles. So if you're hiring for one specific role in multiple locations throughout the United States, that's a great test scenario to start programmatic. If you have one-off hiring for a magnitude of roles in different areas, I would start off with a really small concentrated pilot until you can build up that data to really be able to hone in on what success would look like. So Heidi, how dependent is programmatic advertising on, on internet browser cookies from a tracking <laughs> profiling? That's such a good question. You guys, the world is changing so quickly and it's, it's underneath us as we speak. My opinion on this, and, and as I've been um, just continually bringing this up with our agency partner to get their perspective and just ensure that our data from Google to everything we do is not changing dramatically, huh? is cookies is really becoming more mainstream. And that's what I'm liking to see is that it's, it's, as crazy as it was when it first came out in this notion of you need to accept, which then opens you up to vulnerability, right? From an internet access standpoint, people are becoming more comfortable and it's becoming to be anywhere you go on the internet, you have to accept cookies. So in my opinion, and for my data streams, they still look pretty consistent. And I'm waiting to understand as this continues on, if people start to remove themselves from the cookie collection, or if they just accept it and move forward as I and many others have been doing. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. So I think Google announced last year, right? They were gonna remove support in their browser in Chrome, which I think at this point has a 60, somewhere between 60 and 70% of browser market share, right? But by 2022, remove support for third-party cookies. And, how, uh, you know, my head is sort of spinning, like, how does that impact it? But then they announced this, this flocks, the, the federated learning of cohorts, which sounds to me like you'll still see ads targeted, mm -hmm. but just less refined based on your browsing habits, uh, which kind of sounds like cookie crumbs, not necessarily cookies, but just like a <laughs> sort of a stream. Is, there, is that discussion happening with, with your vendor? Or your agency? It is, but it's also super hard to anticipate some of these changes. I think back and I've been in this world a little while, but when Google for jobs came out and I remember we all thought the world was going to stop and that Google was going to stop serving up our jobs and or pay millions of dollars for, and it just hasn't happened, right? Business continued as usual. And so I'm, I'm definitely, it's on my radar, but it's not stopping the way in which I'm doing business or looking at data today. Yeah, it would be, it's interesting because you have to think that 
Google uses those cookies, mm-hmm. right, for tracking. And I it's think for their own people, purposes too. Well, well, they make 130, over $130 billion a year in just their PPC ad. So right. it's not going away. It just no. sort of gets refined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. One last question for you. Uh, we got somebody who wants to get specific. What ad agency and software are you using? Have you used any others? And are there any pros or cons uh, to what you've got on the table now? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Um, one that I've been using most re- recently and most of my, my tenure would be with Radency, which is formerly TMP Worldwide. And oh. so they have their own ad platform. The thing that I like about this platform in particular, and I've looked at others and I've always stuck with this one, to be honest with you, is it's improved and enhanced tremendously in my own opinion. Um, they also are very reliant and a huge partner with these large job boards, which you guys know they're running the world. That is where you're going to get the return. But then they also have over a 10,000 plus online network. And so as you're thinking about DE&I, as you're thinking about the right reach at the right time and not dwindling that top of the funnel where we all need to be and need to prove our worth, right? Um, They still have that reach, which you can still tap into, which in my opinion is one that you need both worlds in order to be successful. So that's my, that's my favorite, but I, I, I'd be open to hearing other people's perspectives and um, it's always one that I'm, I'm keeping on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting. So <laughs> in a time of pandemic, uh, ironically, this is the first, uh, I guess, calendar year. We haven't heard everyone screaming that job boards are going to die. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> they're there. <laughs> it's just, All you right. have to use them more effectively. Yeah, absolutely. They, they evolve, they shift, right? They change. And thanks for telling us. Uh, I love, uh, what is it? Artists formerly known as Prince, the TMP shift. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad some of us know how to actually pronounce it. So Heidi, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for your wisdom and your experience. We appreciate oh, you on the line with us. This has been fun. I, I hope to see you guys all soon. I, I love being a part of these, this community. So Absolutely. We love you. So look, for those who want to dial back in next week, uh, we're talking with keynote speaker and noted author Jason Lauritsen. Uh, he's going to actually share with us the topic of galvanizing yourself against failure. And he has got a really fun story to share. So until then, uh, and if you've got more questions for Heidi, we hope to see you at cxr.org slash talent talks, uh, where we'll post those up and you can post your own questions and we'll get get those answers to you. I'll get it out eventually. We'll get those answers to you uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.